Welcome to another episode of 100 Days in Mexico. This is the story of how a 100-day road trip, surfing my way down the Pacific coast of Mexico, changed my life forever. Ready to go on a road trip? Strap in, let's do this. Episode 38, Doubt. Day 170. como una tortuga. Tienes las ganas, tienes fuerza, pero te falta técnica. My coach, a 21-year-old hotshot in the waves, with whom I had traded a surfboard and a set of fins in exchange for lessons, was giving me some not-so-gentle pointer- pointers. In typical machismo fashion, he wasn't mincing words when he told me I was brave and strong, but my technique sucked and my paddling looked like a turtle. I worked hard with Jose for a month. Each session was brutal on my ego. After several days in crappy conditions, I wasn't seeing much improvement. Jose continued to scream at me from the lineup and I continued to take heavy wipeouts. I began to question my motivation, my ability, and the overall doableness of what I wanted to accomplish. Fear crept in, taking the form of excuses. The voice came back to haunt me. You are too old, you are too fat, you are too broke, you are not a natural athlete, you needed more friends in your life, no man will ever want you if you prioritize surfing above relationships. The voice started calling me on the phone, but the caller ID said, Grandma. The voice told me I was being selfish for not being around the family and finding a nice man and having kids. The voice called again from my mom's number and told me that surfing wasn't glorifying the Lord like I was made to do. The voice called from my dad's cell phone too, but uh, took a gentler approach, letting me know how much I was missed, how much I was loved. The voice texted me from my bank and told me I had overdrawn my account. The voice invoked even Kurt, telling me how inflated my ego was. It had been over a year since we had exchanged any communication, except about legal matters, mostly via a lawyer. I missed my friend. Honestly, I still held some sliver of hope that one day the POW would return home and we would enjoy a fairy tale ending. Something in me desperately hoped to reach out to him, to rewrite the tape and to start over. One lonely night, I couldn't bear the silence. I typed over a thousand words into an email, describing how much I would always love him, how grateful I was to him, and how I wished him nothing but the best. I erased the entire email and replaced all those words with two short sentences. I can't stop hoping you are doing super good right now. I'd love to hear from you. I received a response and it wasn't exactly what I needed to hear, although maybe it was what I needed to hear, just not what I wanted. I accept responsibility for my part in the demise of our marriage. I no longer accept yours, read the email. What exactly is your motivation here with these emails? What is it you want? You left me, divorced me, used me, and now all of a sudden you're contacting me? Did your tarot cards tell you to email me or did you make that decision on your own? A couple of people that know us both very well have said it best. Melanie is about Melanie. I have moved on with my life. Do not contact me again unless you have money for me and or my mother's diamond. I expect nothing from you. I believe you are way too selfish to even think of giving anything to me, let alone to actually do it. 
I saw in your latest newsletter something about you creating the life you're living. What a joke. You'd still be at your corporate job if it weren't for me. You were delusional. He still knew exactly what words to use to wield the cut the deepest. The pain of the truth, delivered with the weight of a Zicatella wipeout, threatened to smash me back into the tiny frame in which I once lived. My phone buzzed as I was drifting off to sleep in my Mexican studio apartment. I was almost too tired to check it after a day of some of the heaviest surfing and wiping out in some of the biggest waves I had attempted yet. This better not be another hater. I reached over and unlocked the screen. Eres tu? It was an Instagram message from someone I didn't know. It had a photo attachment. Apparently, the unknown Instagram follower thought the photo may have been of me since his question was, is this you? I unlocked the home screen to see a photo of a girl racing down the barrel of a pretty good-sized, well-overhead wave. My first thought was, no way, I don't surf like that. So I wrote back, no, it's not me, but I wish it was. Si eres tú, hoy por la mañana, far bar. It was indeed me. He confirmed the part of the beach and time I had been surfing at in the morning and where the photo was taken. On a second look, I saw that the bathing suit in the photo was the same color of the one I had been wearing. I had been purposely not asking any of the beach photographers if they had photos of me, reminding myself that when my surfing spoke for itself, there would be photos. Out of the hundreds of people surfing that area on any given day, I stood out. I was being seen. I couldn't sleep for hours after receiving that photo. I felt high. It was me getting recognized for surfing. I felt like a worthwhile human being for the first time in a very, very long time. Surfing was helping me to be big again. It had gotten me this far, and I was sure it could get me more. My resolve for success in the big ways was made firm. I set out, ready for battle. I hope you liked this episode. I have a lot more content on my website, 100daysinmexico.com. There's an insider section where I post, along with every episode, an insider's behind-the-scenes look at what else was going on. I also post premium content about my current travels, what's going on in my life right now. A lot of it's pretty honest, raw, and real. It's about the cost of a cup of coffee per month. So if you like my content, I hope you'll check it out. Until next time. Thank you.